this clap to be God's house. Come on, let's clap. You're grateful to be in church this morning, aren't you? Hey, listen, um, I just want to welcome everyone. If you're here for the first time, welcome to True North. We're glad that you're with us today. And I know anytime you go to a place like this for the first time, you're filled with um, a bit of anxiety and nervousness because you're not sure what to expect. But this is the time in the service we bring everyone on stage who's here for the first time and ask you to just tell, I'm just kidding. I'm ready to... <laughs> I'm kidding. We don't do that. We don't do that. Um, we're just grateful that you're here. Um, I pray that <laughs> some of you, I shouldn't have said that. You're like, now you're shaking. Um, we don't do that. Um, we're just grateful that you're here. And I just want you to know that, that you won't, we know we're not perfect people. And though at times you may run into a Christian that acts like they're perfect, I want you to know from me firsthand that I'm not perfect. I am the lead screw-up um, of this organization. Um, but we serve a good God, a faithful God, who's willing to forgive us and give us second chances. And as he calls us to walk in obedience, um, we believe that obedience pre- proceeds or precedes blessing. And for us at True North Church, we really believe um, that God's word um, is really what we're called to live, live by and honor. And so today when we gather as we worship, um, in, the, in the environment of worship, the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us. And maybe you're here for the first time today and um, you felt uh, something during worship. Maybe you didn't. Maybe you were just observing. Maybe you thought it was way too loud. But nonetheless, uh, I'm grateful again that you're here. Um, and at this time, we're going to open up the Bible and we're going to talk um, about the Word of God. And we're going to see how it can help us in the season of life today. Um, Through this series that we've been talking through, um, Not Done Yet, it's this overarching or this driving principle that, that God is not finished with what he started in you. And some of you may not be in a relationship with Jesus right now. You may consider yourself an atheist, an agnostic, maybe neither, maybe you're just searching, maybe you have a religious background and you have a lot of um, preconceived notions about religion, if you would, but uh, my heart for you today um, is not to be overwhelmed with religion, but to be overwhelmed with the presence of a person, and his name is Jesus. And I I know that that every time that we gather, there's always this edge that we walk into church with, and and sometimes we might have a, we, we had a good week, other times we have off weeks. And the truth is, no matter how our week goes, God is still present, he's still in control of our lives, and he doesn't get off tilter just because we had a bad week. And every time we gather together, it's an opportunity for God to realign our heart. It's an opportunity for God to kind of shake the bad out of us and get us focused upon him. And today, I wanted to talk to you about something that you might be familiar with in its expression, but I want to talk more practically about how we can recognize um, when the enemy's trying to rob us, because I really believe as believers, the Holy Spirit can prompt us in moments when the enemy's trying to rob us. In John chapter 10, verse 10, it says, the enemy comes only, everybody say only, only. he comes only to steal, to kill, and destroy. Christ says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Somebody say amen. amen. The enemy has one tactic in our lives. And it's not one to just watch what you're doing and observe. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And of the three, you're not a winner of any three of them. Um, none of them are good options. And I've come to realize that, that us as believers, we need to be carriers of many things, one of which is a carrier of gratitude. 
Everybody say gratitude. Gratitude, gratitude is something that, that is evident. It's evident in our mannerisms. It's evident in our responses. It's evident in our body language. It's evident in our, in our words, the way that we communicate to other people. And gratitude is one of those things that, that we should have and walk in daily if we are a believer in Christ. But I've realized that the enemy, the enemy does not want us to walk in gratitude. If you walk in gratitude, let me say it this way, you are walking aware of what you've received. <laughs> it doesn't sound that magnificent when it's expressed that way. But if I'm walking with gratitude, I'm walking that way because I've recognized what I've received from God, not what I've acquired and obtained in my own strength. Gratitude is a spirit of saying, I'm thankful. I'm so appreciative. I remember my first time to London. It was in 2008. And I remember it because I remember landing, and whenever you're traveling internationally, this, you know, your time zones are off, and, and you land, and it's 6 a.m., but it's really 2 a.m. here. And, and people were telling me before I went, they're like, hey, just, you know, don't sleep the first day because it'll throw you off. And I had a, an opportunity, such a privilege, an opportunity to travel to about seven churches throughout um, Europe uh, to finish my thesis while I was studying in seminary. And I remember going to London and just being overwhelmed. I was by myself. I wasn't traveling with anyone. And, and I remember arriving and all I had was, you know, the hotel I was staying with and the church that was looking after me. And, and I remember landing and, and I pulled out this map and I remember looking at all the different sites. And, and I remember just walking. And I was so excited. Have you ever arrived somewhere and you're so excited? Like you get this new adrenaline that kind of comes to your body. I was talking to someone yesterday who just had their first child. And I said to them, how was it last night? And they're like, I didn't sleep at all. And, 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 they were, and I started to laugh a little bit. And they said this, isn't it amazing that your body almost produces this adrenaline? He goes, I didn't even have coffee, but I feel okay. And I said, that lasts usually for the first child. And then after that, coffee becomes a prerequisite to stay awake. But I'll never forget the first time I was in London. And when I was there, I, I kid you not, everything was just like, <laughs> like I was just walking around. Like, and I kept, I was, I was so clueless to where I was going. I was literally walking in circles, seeing the same thing. But each time I saw the same thing, I'm like, oh, look at that. It's like the fifth time I saw it, but gosh, it's even more amazing now. It's awesome. I just kept walking around, and I had this spirit of gratitude and, and appreciation just to be there. And then I went back a second time and a third time, and I was asked to speak in, in different churches, and it was wonderful, but I realized something that if I was not careful, this would become a very common trip. It would become very ordinary to me, and I would lose the sense and the spirit of gratitude, and it would just become common. Then all of a sudden, I remember kind of flying there the last time, thinking to myself, how many people in their lifetime even have an opportunity to do what you're doing? I don't know. It dawned on me in that moment that the enemy loves, thrives, and lives and robbing you of gratitude. He wants to steal from you. He wants to destroy the things that God has blessed you with. He doesn't want you to see them as significant. He wants you to see them as common. He wants you to feel entitled. He wants you to have this sense of, well, I should have that, but I don't have this and I don't have that. Listen, the antidote 
The antidote to discontentment is gratitude. You want, I heard someone say this, if you want, teach your children's, your children how to be grateful. It is the antidote to discontentment. And for all the parents, discontentment will keep you broke. Discontentment in a society today says, what you have is not enough. <laughs> it's getting really quiet, I'm sorry. So, some, but discontentment says to you, where you are is not good enough yet. What's in your bank account is not sufficient. The relationship you have with your parents is not good enough. The one you have with your kids is not good enough. Your health is not good enough. This is not good enough. And it produces in you this discontentment. The problem with discontentment is it begins to alter the position of your heart. And the moment it can start to affect your heart, the Bible says in Luke chapter 6, that out of the overflow or the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. How many of us know that there's power in our words? The Bible declares that there's the power of life and death is in our words. When the creator of the heavens and the earth wanted to speak something, wanted to create something, he spoke it into existence. There's power in our words. And so for many of us, we don't even recognize it because we've, been so fam- we've become so familiar with our discontentment, we don't even recognize we're discontent because we say it all the time. And I'll tell you this, the people that are closest to you will become the victims of your discontentment. Like, let me ask you this. This is how God works with me. God and I have a very fun relationship. I almost feel like God has to backhand me to get my attention most of the time because maybe it's because I'm always like from this to that to this, you know. I'm very distracted at times, and I won't, uh, it's, it's a gift, okay? It's a gift from God. And, um, and uh, my ADD, OCD, all the letters, it's, it's this, I wear it with like a badge. It's a gift from God, okay? And, um, I, I, I know this, that sometimes that when I'm praying, I'll get like three sentences into my prayer and I feel like God interrupts my prayer. He interrupts it. I'm like, I didn't even really get started yet. I was kind of trying to pray. And I often feel like when I pray, sometimes God needs to realign my approach to him. Do you know when we talk to one another, we can talk with a spirit of gratitude or a spirit of discontentment? If you don't think your spouse is doing what they should do or they're not living up to your standards or they're not doing these things, that spirit of discontentment begins to make you speak in a different way. It causes you to view that blessing from God in a way that seems insufficient and common. And then we dishonor it. You want to know like when we come to church and we worship. Worship is an act of gratitude to God. It's saying God... I am so thankful for what you blessed me with. I am so appreciative of where you've brought me, even though I didn't deserve it, I couldn't earn it, but you dispense grace and mercy and salvation upon me and my family, and God, I will lift my hands because you are worthy of my praise. Worship is an act of gratitude to God. And one of the things that I find so fascinating about this topic of gratitude is that we get to choose whether we are active participants in the display of gratitude. (laughs) Have you ever had this conversation with someone that you love and you're like, do you appreciate that? Maybe you've done something nice for them. Did you ever have that conversation with someone? Hey, are you like grateful for like that? And they go, oh my gosh, yes, yes, I'm so grateful. And then you say, um... Were you going to say anything about it? 
<laughs> and they say, oh, you, I, I just figured you knew, like you knew. And you'd be like, no, no, didn't know, didn't know at all because you never said anything at all. But I thought it, you know what I mean? One of the things I realize in our culture today is that even showing thankfulness and gratitude to people. I was saying the other day I was uh, at Wawa, and have you ever had the opportunity to hold the door for someone? And like, um, it, maybe they're really far away. Do you ever have this opportunity and like someone's really far away and you're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to reflect Jesus really well today. And you walk up to the door and you open the door and they're walking towards you. You know what I mean? But you're just like, I'm just going to hold it. I'm a child of God. You know what I mean? I'm going to hold the door. And you're just holding it. And I love it because usually the responsiveness of people, like, I don't want to make people feel awkward. I just want to kind of be nice. So I'm going to hold the door open. Do you know what I mean? And, and I love it because some people get the awkward, like, they don't like you doing things for them because they don't. You ever notice that? You do something nice for someone and they're like, oh, God. And they feel, they, they feel that they have to do something for you. And so, like, if you hold the door open for them too long, you're like, come on, praise the Lord. And they, they start to do the, you know, the, like the skip to, to get to the door. And then the other day I did this, and I was holding the door open. It's the awkward skip, too, because they don't like, the, and they walk up, and they overly thank you. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. Thank you, thank you. And then before you can even, before they get through, they open the other door, and they go, whoa, here you go. And they let you walk in because they don't want you to do something for them. They don't want to owe you anything, really. That's another message. But we live in a society today, we live in a society today that we don't even know how to receive things from people Without, without feeling that we are expected to give something back to them. We, we live in this really transactional, we don't know how to just receive love from somebody. We feel that there's always something t tied to your act of generosity to me, that in some way you're going to manipulate my behaviors. If you're going to hold the door, you're going to expect me to hold the door. I don't want to hold the door for anybody, so please stop holding the door. Anyway, I was holding the door open, and this person came in, and they didn't do the skip, the awkward skip in the hurry. I was like, really, dude? Okay. So I was just holding it kind of, you know, and I walk in and this, I kid you not. Do you know how sometimes like people, they can just, even if it is just a second, they can make eye contact with you. They don't even need to say it, but their eyes just say, thank you. You know what I'm talking about? Okay. So like they made eye contact. They didn't even make eye contact. No eye contact. And I, this was an extra long hold for the door. And like, they didn't make eye contact, and they literally, like, they walk through. And you know how, like, sometimes things can be quick, and you walk through, and you're like, hey, thanks. And, you know, you're walking through. This was literally like, yeah, thanks. Walk through. And I was like, what? And I thought I misheard, because I was like, wow, that was rude. And, um, but I was just, it doesn't matter. I was just being nice. And so then they walk through. They're like, yeah, thanks. And you know how sometimes you almost expect then that they're going to open the door for you. And it was kind of one of the quick, you know, the quick opens and walk through real quick. So it's like kind of quick walk through. And I was walking right into the door. I'm like, okay, okay. Nothing reciprocated here. No, no sense of gratitude in your life at all. Okay. Not grateful that I opened the door for you at all. And I thought it was funny because in our day today, we, we don't even know how to receive thanks or even give thanks in a way that is sincere. It's usually very flippant. It's just quick. It's kind of like shooting from the hip. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks. See you later. But having a real sense of gratitude, when's the last time you told the people close to you, I'm grateful for you? It's grateful for you. And I love it because this is, this is what I love about God. 
is that you can tell where you are in, the level, in your level of communication with the people you love by whether or not saying I love you or I'm grateful for you is awkward. It's like I'm grateful for you. <laughs> where do I go from there? <laughs> what do I say next? You know what I mean? But living in an environment that basically honors the people and the, th- and, and, the, and the persons that God has blessed you with and say, you know, I'm grateful for you. And some of us need to learn how to acknowledge God's blessings in our life and confess them to him. I remember, I, I know this from my own personal uh, life, and I know this from even with my children, that I'll say things like, come on, can't, oh, can't, can we just be grateful? And they all, in like unison, we are grateful, Dad. And I'm like, doesn't sound like it at all, you know? And I'm like getting really irritated. And, and it's like, we should assume that you're grateful because why? We live in a culture now that we should just assume people are grateful, even though you don't, we don't need to say it, we don't need to act it, and we don't need to reciprocate it in any way. We're just supposed to assume. And I don't like that. I don't even like that because it conveys something, that what you've received isn't that significant. And I don't want us to ever say to God, God, what we received in our salvation is just not that significant. When we gather together, we worship, we blare the music, we lift our hands, because what he's done for us is significant. And what he continues to do for us is significant. And so we come to church with our spirits filled with gratitude. And I I need to tell you something, that in your life, hear me now, you do not have permission to pass this off to somebody else. It is not a personality type. It is not It is not something that you were born with or you're not born with. Carrying a spirit of gratitude is someone recognizing, what am I grateful for? And more importantly, what have I received? I remember talking to to people in youth a long time ago, and I I remember saying to them where this conversation of passion was coming up. And I remember saying to them, I feel that your passion for God is directly connected to, to your understanding of what you've received from him. And if you don't recognize what you need from God, you will not have passion for who he is and what he's done in your life. But if you, if you understand what he's done for you, if you understand how he made a way when there was no way for you, when you understand that he is real, ever-present, powerful, caring, loving in your life today, it changes the way you see things completely changes the way you see things. Some of you have become obsessed and transfixed with everything that's broken in your world. And the problem is, is that every time you walk into a situation, in a relationship, into a job, into a new dynamic, you, you have the inability, to see, the inability to see the things that are good. Just the other day, I was walking, probably about two weeks ago, um, my, my daughter says this, Dad, why do you always say just the other day? And it was like forever ago. And uh, it was about two weeks ago, I was walking into the new facility um, on Orr Road. And I remember walking in, and before I crossed the threshold into that building, I was so angry, frustrated, discontent. I, I could have, like Summer said, had another fistfight with someone um, walking through. Why? Because I, before I even pulled up, I had trained myself to see everything that was not done, wrong, messed up, needing to be fixed. 
And before I even walked through that building, I had seen things out on the curb line. I've seen things in the landscape. I saw things in the, in the lights. I saw things in the building. I saw things on the sidewalk. And I remember opening the door and I grabbed the door handle and there was a, a huge scratch down the door handle. I remember grabbing and being like, oh, perfect. And I opened the door and I remember walking in and just feeling so overwhelmed almost as if the Holy Spirit says, is this really what you're going to carry in here? I need you to know something, that wherever you go, the spirit that you carry will come with you. So you keep desiring to get a new house, a new job, you keep desiring to get all these things, the spirit you have will go with you. What you desire to achieve and accomplish will not change the spirit that you carry. And can I tell you something? The only way that the spirit inside of you changes is if you receive from God what he has for you. It is only then that your spirit begins to change. It's not in what you can acquire on your own. It's only in what you receive from God. And so I realize when I look at that facility, it is a beautiful facility. And we, we plan to be in there very soon, but we have to work out some final things. And we don't have a date. If I had a date, I'd give it to you. And, and um, so we're working through all these different things. And I realized that I, I was simply allowing the enemy to, to take my focus off of the amazing faithfulness and blessings of God and transfix my eyes and focus my eyes on the small, insignificant things that were not finished yet. And can I tell you what that did? It changed everything about my countenance. Wasn't a happy person. I, I was not a, you know, I, I wasn't fun to be around. I, I was just, I was angry. My arms would go crossed and I walk in, I'd be like, what is that? Why is that screwed up? You know how much money we're paying for that? Where's the person that's supposed to fix it? Where's this? Where's that? And then I just need to realize, time out, big picture here. What has God done? And some of you, you do that in your marriage, you do that in your relationships, you do that with your finances. And if you want to be an investigative journalist, if you want to be an inspector this week and figure out the areas where you carry a lot of discontentment, listen to what you say. Because can I, listen, let me be real for you. I've been around Christianity for a long time. We think that by quoting a scripture verse that we can somehow misdirect the obvious of the obvious in our broken lives. If you are saying filth, if you're constantly talking about not having enough, being in lack, your, your child's issues, your child's addiction, your marriage is this, your marriage is that, your boss is this, your boss is that, you are prophesying destruction over your situations. And can I tell you something? That's not what God's called you to do. He's called you be more than a conqueror, to lift your eyes above and fix your eyes on Jesus and look at the things that he has blessed you with. Thank him for your health. Thank him for the food in your fridge. Thank him for the house that you have, the car that you drive. Begin to thank God. And can I tell you something? Stop letting the faithfulness of God live in between your ears. Begin to allow the faithfulness of God to come out of your mouth and say, God, I'm thankful for what you've done. Amen? Listen, I can't tell you how many people I come across and I say, hey, are you thankful? They're like, yeah, I'm thankful. How often do you tell God? Well, I, I mean, sometimes in my prayer life. Can I just tell you something? Be one of the crazy people. Be one of the crazy people who's driving just saying, God, I'm grateful. 
Gosh, God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that my four tires have air in them and I'm not on the side of the road changing my tire. God, I'm grateful for my salvation. I'm grateful for your faithfulness. God, I thank you that when I screw up all the time, you're faithful to welcome me back, to dust me off and say, come on, you can do this again. Some of us, we need to remind ourselves who we serve. Stop getting caught into the, the silly things of the enemy. He's pulling you down into the areas of discontentment. But a spirit of gratitude, listen, it does not look to its own achievements, its own accomplishments accomplishments, its own entitlements. It looks to the things that God has done on our behalf and rejoices and praises to God for what he's already done. Carrying the spirit of gratitude. It's what we're called to do, church. Some of you um, are getting ready to walk into some conversations over Thanksgiving. I want to equip you before you walk into them. Can I do that real quick before we finish? I don't know about you, but I feel like growing up, it's gotten better over the years, but I feel like there was always times when the family got together, it was a time for politics to start and and, um, church conversations to start and and this conversation. And and how many know when the family gathers together, if they seldomly do, like that's the last topic you want to talk about, right? I I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit this Thanksgiving. I really believe that there's divine encounters that we often miss because we're not sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I believe that with all my heart. And some of us, were more concerned about winning a conversation. We're more concerned about being right. We're more concerned about looking good than we are hearing the brokenness in the heart of someone else. And sometimes when someone brings up conversations that seem to be problematic in those environments, it's usually because they have their own brokenness they're trying to work out. And I just want us as followers of Jesus Christ to be sensitive to those environments and and not be, like, let me say it this way. I, I, at my season of life, I look back and some of you are frustrated by things, by your parents' engagement in your life and your grandparents. Like, oh, it's so annoying. They're always asking me, are you reading? Are you praying? Are you in church? You know, and I look back in my life and I'm like, now I pray to God and I say, God, thank you for them. Thank you for the frustration, frustrating conversations, the annoying conversations. Are you reading your Bible? Are you trusting God? Are you tithing? Are you serving in God's house? I look back and everything's changed over time. When I look back and I say, God, I'm grateful for those conversations and those people in my life. And every once in a while, when we gather together, you might have a conversation with someone and they may ask you a question. Hey, how is your walk with God? I love this time together as we gather as families, and I love the context of our spiritual family. I I love hearing every year about people who may not have family close around here, but you're part of the spiritual family. And listen to me, if you don't have family that are close here, this is your spiritual family. Please tell somebody. Um, We open our doors to people and let them be part of this Thanksgiving, and I know that many families here will do the same. And I love this conversation in Scripture. Because in this conversation, it shows the dynamic that can happen when people deal with pride. And a lot of times when we gather together, the insecurities kind of rise up in our spirit and pride becomes evident in conversations. And it says in John chapter 3, verse 22, it says, After this, Jesus and his disciples went out in the Judean countryside where he spent some time with them and baptized. Now, John also was baptizing. Speaking of John the Baptist at Anon near Salim because there was plenty of water and people were coming and being baptized. Verse 24, it says, this was before John was put into prison. An argument developed 
between some of John's disciples and a certain Jew and a certain Jew over the matter of ceremonial washing. They came to John and said to him, Rabbi, that man who was with you on the other side of the Jordan, they're speaking of Jesus, and the one you testified about, look, he's, he is baptizing and everyone is going to him. <laughs> the trap is set. Have you ever noticed that in conversations? Um, that sometimes people, some people are really slick at this. They will slide it out on this platter and it is a trap. Kind of like, hey, so what do you think of so-and-so? It usually comes in the form of what do you think of that person? I just want you to be prompted in your spirit if someone does that to you and not see it as just a random question because oftentimes it's an opportunity for us to demonstrate the goodness of God and to demonstrate our spirit of gratitude for what he's already done and to walk in humility in those conversations and not pride. Verse 27, listen to John the Baptist's response. It says that he replied, a person can receive only what is given them from heaven. You yourselves can testify that I said I am not the Messiah, but I am sent ahead of him. The bride belongs to the bridegroom. The friend who attends the bridegroom waits and listens for him and is full of joy when he hears the bridegroom's voice. He says, that joy is mine and it is now complete. Listen to this. He must become greater and I must become less. Another translation of that last line says, he must increase and I must decrease. Can I just tell you this one thought in conversations over this Thanksgiving holiday? Whatever the conversation is, usually, let me just give you a heads up, they're silly, seemingly insignificant. But often the words that are used in these seemingly insignificant conversations get carried around for decades with people. And it might be 10 or 15 years and they'll point the finger to you and say, do you remember what you said back then to me at Thanksgiving? And can I tell you, let's be, let's be people of humility and let's not be carriers of pride. John had the opportunity to point his finger like his disciples. But he said, he must increase and I must decrease. It's not about winning conversations. It's about reflecting Christ in what we do. And sometimes that requires us to just be quiet and to demonstrate that, man, I'm grateful for what I have in Christ. I don't need to win another, another conversation. I don't need to win an argument. I'll let you say your piece, and I'll invite you to church. <laughs> For some of us, that's harder. But I want to encourage you that the same power that raised Christ from the grave lives in you. And that he's going to enable you to, get, to say the right words and to respond in a way that's honoring and pleasing to him. Can I pray for you today? Hey, thanks for watching. I pray that that message was a blessing to you. And I pray it's encouraged you um, wherever you find yourself in your journey of life. We never like to end any one of our services without giving you um, the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus was raised to life, then you will be saved. And salvation is a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work towards it only be received. It's this incredible grace that comes only from God. So the Bible says that right where you are in your season, not trying to fix anything else, not trying to get yourself better, not waiting or putting off salvation, but today to make the decision to say yes to Jesus, that you know you can't save you, that you need Jesus to be the Lord and Savior of your life. 
Bible says it only requires you to say a simple prayer. So repeat after me, just say this prayer. Say, dear, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died on the cross and rose again. Come into my life and make me new. I'm now a Christian, Christ now lives in me. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just said that prayer, we believe that your eternity is secure in Christ. One of the things that I wanna encourage you to do, your next step, if you would, um, is to tell somebody. Whether you're telling us through the website and contacting us and informing us or telling someone else at a local church that maybe you visited. The second thing I wanna encourage you to do is to be planted in a healthy, Bible-based church, whether it's True North Church or another church close to you. Find a church community to do life with. Man, we're so excited for you. Make sure that you get a Bible. If you don't have one, please reach out to us. We'd love to bless you with the Bible and encourage you on your journey with Jesus. I'm excited for you. I truly believe that your best days are still ahead.